This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. I'm an attorney who's retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about some of the myths that have surrounded insurance claims of damages caused by mold. And mold litigation. Some of those myths include get rich thanks to mold. Although there have been successful lawsuits, the days of multi-million dollar verdicts in insurance mold claims are beginning to disappear. As for the get rich quick mold remediation companies, they are finding that they must give real service or they will soon be visiting the bankruptcy court. One of the other myths is that killer mold exists. Despite alarmist headlines that produce black mold can kill you, medical research has not been able to determine what amount of exposure to black mold, if any, is toxic to a normally healthy individual. Nevertheless, there are several toxic and pathogenic species of mold that can have a severe, acute, or chronic effect on people, especially those whose immune systems are compromised, like infants, premature infants, very old and sick people, and HIV-positive people. Another myth is that mold can be killed with bleach alone. Although a 10% bleach solution is, in some cases, an effective means of cleaning up mold, it is not a solution. It is more important to determine why the mold is there in the first place. If the moisture and warm temperature that facilitate the growth of mold are not remedied, mold will return no matter how much bleach is applied. Another myth states that the existence of mold means there is a problem. This avoids the fact that mold exists everywhere. It is an important component of the natural scheme of things. Once a baseline is established for normal quantities of mold, the property owner can be certain that there is no problem until the normal quantities are exceeded. Unfortunately, most self-proclaimed experts in the field have yet to agree on what is normal. Then there is the claim that all mold assessors are qualified. Don't take it on trust. Some entities certify mold remediators, but to be confident your remediation company can successfully address a mold problem, it is better to ask and get answers to the following questions. Are all workers OSHA compliant? What licenses do they hold? What environmental training have the employees taken? What kind of experience do they have? 
what are the company's continuing education requirements for their employees? If the workers take samples for quality assurance, quality control, will the samples be sent to a laboratory accredited by the American Industrial Hygiene Association, MLAP program? Will the laboratory supply copies of their accreditation documents? What will the remediation company do if the levels of contamination rise? Has the company ever been sued? Does the company carry a minimum of $1 million in commercial general liability insurance? Does the company's CGL policy cover mold, or do they carry a separate mold insurance policy or endorsement? Does the company carry workers' compensation insurance? What kind of chemicals does the company use? Are the chemicals registered with the Environmental Protection Agency? Does the company guarantee their work? Does the company provide a written guarantee? What is expected to be accomplished by the remediation? Will the source of water intrusion be cured? Will the growth medium be removed? What is the name, address, and telephone number of three satisfied customers? These questions need to be answered before anyone retains a mold remediation company. Another myth deals with mold and asthma. While allergic responses to inhaling mold are a recognized factor in lower airway diseases such as asthma, outdoor mold is more likely to cause problems for asthmatics than mold found indoors. The National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH, estimated in 2012 that 29% to 33% of new-onset adult asthma is attributable to work-related exposures, and 23% of existing adult asthma is exacerbated by work. If occupants develop asthma, asthma exacerbation, while working in damp buildings, medical treatment may not be effective if the occupant continues to be exposed. So a person with allergic asthma may experience symptoms after exposure to very low levels of a sensitizing agent that may still be present after remediation. In such cases, an occupant may require relocation to another area. The NIOSH report indicates that, quote, a recent review of the occupational causes of sarcoidosis indicates that there is an increasing evidence that sarcoidosis, a multi-organ granulomatous disease, has multiple causes, including exposure to mold, especially in the presence of triggers of inflammation. Some individuals can develop diseases such as 
asthma and rhinosinusitis, nasal inflammation, from exposure to molds in the environment. Under certain environmental conditions, molds can produce mycotoxins that are harmful to people if inhaled or ingested. Research is ongoing as to whether or not inhalation exposure to mycotoxins at the levels that may occur in damp buildings poses a health risk to building occupants. There is still no definitive report that can establish a causal relationship between exposure to mold and illness or injury. Rather, the report concluded that more research is required. The decisions of the various courts of appeal are inconsistent, as some refuse to allow testimony concerning causation while others allow it. Definitive studies are necessary to resolve the inconsistencies. Another myth is mold and immune system damage. As far as I have been able to determine, there is no credible evidence to suggest that environmental exposure to mold damages the immune system. The following checklists should be gone through if you need to identify the existence of mold by answering the following questions. Do mold and fungi exist everywhere? Do mold and fungi reproduce by releasing spores? Have the spores of some mold and fungi been implicated in causing injury or illness? All three questions must be answered in the affirmative. Now, mold is sometimes very nice. I love mushrooms on a steak. Uh, that's a mold. I really appreciate penicillin because it has saved me, although a product of a mold, from many bacterial infections. Now, how do we determine whether there is a sick building? And sick building syndrome has affected you or your relatives and friends. Some of the following are indicators of sick building. Headaches, eye, nose, or throat irritation, dry cough, dry or itchy skin, dizziness and nausea, difficulty in concentrating, fatigue, sensitivity to odors and nosebleeds, shortness of breath and or exhaustion after minor exercises, a burning and watering of the eyes and nose, hoarse and sore throat, heart palpitations. Is there a difference between sick building syndrome symptoms and the symptoms of allergy to cats or dogs, for instance? We should also recognize that there are other effects caused by mold infestations. Are things like respiratory problems, 
triggering of asthma, nose and throat irritation, nasal or sinus congestion, watery, reddened or burning eyes, sensitivity to light, skin irritation, headaches and fatigue. Mold remediation can occur by first identifying and eliminating all sources of moisture because without moisture mold will not grow. So it's best to dry all of the affected areas for at least two to three days and wear proper cleanup clothing including rubber gloves and eye protection when dealing with cleaning up mold infestations. Then you should always ask the following questions. Have any of the occupants of the structure noticed or cleaned any mold formation within the past year? Have any of the occupants noticed water stains on walls, ceilings, or flooring in the past year? Have occupants noticed moldy odors in the past year? Has the structure been remodeled or has any maintenance been done in the past year? Have the occupants or owners done any cosmetic upgrades or had cosmetic up upgrades done in the past year? And have any of the occupants complained of health problems in the past year? All of these might lead you to conclude that mold exists and needs to be dealt with if anyone is suffering as a result of the existence of mold. This video was adapted from my book Mold Claims Volume 1 which is available as part of a four-volume treatise on mold claims available as both a Kindle book and as a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video useful or interesting, please forward it to your colleagues. It's free. And please also subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and my blog so that you can learn about future videos and future blog posting. Thank you for your attention.